This episode is brought to you by Jing's Mortgage Team. Jing's Mortgage Team is a team of real estate mortgage professionals whose mission is to help anyone with their real estate needs. If you're looking to buy a home, sell a home, refinance your home, have credit issues, or in need of an investment loan, we can definitely help you. If you're looking for a real estate agent, we know the best of the best real estate agents. Visit the link below for more information. Thank you so much for coming on Secret Sauce with Campbell's Allow, a podcast that strives to peel back the curtain on industry leaders, people that are successful in their uh, profession, and just to kind of see if we can capture and document what makes successful people successful. So Jen, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks so much. Welcome back to our house. <laughs> Social Playhouse, right? Today <laughs> we have a special treat. We're here at Social Playhouse in Plainview. It's an amazing location. Um, the atmosphere, you can hear it in the background, positive, fun. Um, and it's not just any kind of um, uh, activity space for kids. There's a restaurant component. There's a, it doesn't just cater to kids. That's what I'm trying to say. It caters to the adult and just the overall general experience. So I'm super happy and excited to have Jen here today. So Jen, thank you so much again. Oh, it is an absolute honor for you to be here. Uh, I can't wait to have fun today. We're gonna <laughs> talk about lots of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so Social Playhouse, you know, I love to get dive right into it. Um, how did, what was the, the thought process in coming up with Social Playhouse? Um, what is the, the philosophy behind you guys? Yeah, so I can talk about this for hours <laughs> as to why my husband and my partner Mark and yeah. I created it. Yeah. Um, but in so essence, family, so it's a family business. Family absolutely, run, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mom and pop shop, <laughs> uh, bootstrapped, yeah. And so, which is great because we're able to do what we want and try different things, right? Um, and really make it part of the community. And so, the let me, I guess, backtrack about my background so you can understand like where our idea and the concept came from. So I'm actually a licensed child psychologist and I'm practicing in Manasset um, as a child psychologist and I've been working with children and families for over 15 years now. And so with that mindset and that experience, when I work with families, the question that we always get is how and where do I bring my kids, right? Um, I want my kids to socialize more, right? And usually it's, library, the park, but to me, truly, and also as a parent now, right, right, it's hard to really connect with people in those type of public spaces. And so I really wanted to create a space for families where it was good for children to be in a positive, inclusive space, right, where also the whole family can enjoy it. And I wish Mark was able to be here today, um, but that's where he comes in. And so Mark has been in sort of the corporate world for 20 years, uh, but he also comes from a family business of food trucks. Yes. And, you know, the first time I came, you know, the food here is phenomenal. And I got to say, you know, Mark is the brainchild behind you know, the, the recipes and, you know, the, the, the dishes that come out, right? Yeah, yeah, the restaurant side of it. Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So his family owned a food truck for 20 years before food trucks were cool, right? Back then, you know, it's not like now, right, where there are really fun, cool food trucks, but they their business was Filipino barbecue, and so they were just 
You and Mark are Filipino, by the yeah, way. Yeah, right? yeah, ah. we are Filipino Americans. Yes, yes. Yeah. Come support your Filipinos, your fellow yeah. Filipinos, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, with that knowledge and background, sort of he knew sort of the the food food industry, right? Um, and so we were able to make it and create our own, so that we truly were able to build a space where not only can kids play safely, be an inclusive space, but also the whole family, right? Adults, caregivers. Uh, people without kids can come in and enjoy our space, have good eats, drink a coffee, enjoy a beer or wine or a mimosa flight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in the same space and feel comfortable. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a lot to unpack here because, you know, versus your other type of uh, similar vendors who will give you like a hot dog, <laughs> you know, or <laughs> chips or, you know, They'll go, hey, there's a vending machine over there. You know, <laughs> this place has a legit kitchen that actually serves delicious food. So while kids are playing, yeah, us adults that need a, a, what is it called? A rephrase or a kind of like a, a, some time alone, just sip some coffee, eat some delicious food. This is the place to be and to get that. Um, and you just mentioned it before, mimosas, right? <laughs> Uh-oh, that's great. So this is, that's awesome. You know, it's like, uh, a place that not only caters to delicious food, but also do have adult-friendly beverages, right? right. Yeah. Awesome. And awesome. so we collaborate with lots of local um, friends, right? And so we do local beer and wine, right? And so our friends at Oceanside, Barrier Beer, Other Half in Brooklyn, um, to sort of the wineries out, you know, on Long Island out east, right? We try to bring in local and support local as much as possible. Yeah, and this is, again, a testament, you know, of the consideration of Social Playhouse because, you know, I think nowadays the industry is very child-centric, which is nothing wrong with that, yeah. you know? I mean, it's great to care about the kids, but then it's like, it's so hard being parents, you know? Like, especially stay-at-home parents. Absolutely, you know? yeah. It's like, there is a sense of identity that you lose if you're a stay-at-home parent because it's like, okay, everything is the child's needs, right? right. When does the parent get some time off? Absolutely. Like, I'm not saying like a week, but like an hour. You <laughs> but know, a week when, would be nice too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. But like an hour just to, you know, eat some delicious food, drink a mimosa or something. Or yeah, sip a cup absolutely. Of while kids play in a very family-friendly environment, right? right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so again, you know, Social Playhouse, I, I feel like you guys are disruptors in the industry because there really there isn't a place like this. I, and again, part of the honor that I have for you that's come on the show to have a disruptor like you to, to talk about you know being at the forefront of disrupting this industry. It's it's not easy, but then it's so much to be gained. Right. So again, you know, I just you know, thank <laughs> yeah. you so much. Thank you so much. No, it's <laughs> so interesting, yeah. right? The idea of catering to the family. Mm -hmm seems very simple right but not a lot of people have really engaged in the process um, and I want to say it, it is hard though right because to be able to do the different pieces of it to make sure the play right and so our play area also is raved about by our guests right and our customers because I selectively curated our play items right 
in a way where I know that special kids with developmental needs, special needs, right, can also engage, right? So our player is very specific. It goes from six months to about six years. Yeah. Uh, but siblings that are older can also enjoy it. We also made sure that obviously if you come as a family, you might have older siblings, right? And so all our main dining tables are chalkboard tables. We have board games and lots of cards and different things that older siblings and adults, I want to say when we have private events, the adults are playing the Jenga, the adults are playing Connect Four and Sorry and all your like traditional fun games. And so it's really a place where everyone engages and sort of dips into whatever you want, right? And so we made sure that the play area was really sort of top-notch, very modern, right, and fun. But then also figuring out like what the adults want. So you're right, traditionally you get the hot dog and chicken nuggets yeah. at a certain place, which is great because kids love it, but why does it only have to be that? It can be so much more, right? And yeah. so that's why I, you know, Mark brought in different dishes that are healthy and fresh, right? So our most popular items are like our avocado toast, our goat cheese flatbread, Mike's honey chicken sandwich, right? I mean, go on. You're making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's lunch night, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's not just your traditional, right? It's like fresh takes, um, People call it upscale bar food, right? And so, like, you can get your dip. But if you want chicken nuggets and your kid is super, you know, simple and like those kid favorites, like, we have that too. Right? Yeah. So, we have options, right? Where I feel like a lot of other places, there's not too many options, right? Yeah. And if you want that type, you can go there. But if you want something different and fresh, then you come to us. Yeah. You guys have to come again and check this place out. But I, I need to dive into this because, like, I'm really looking forward to talking about this. Um, when you guys started. Mm -hmm. um, as our viewers know, you know, uh, historic, historic event happened a few years back, you know, the pandemic of 2020, March 2020 was when, you know, New York locked down, you know, and Social Playhouse actually, you guys, grand opened November yeah. 2019, so that's like four or five months, uh, or time ago. Yeah, four months, like, like, four like, months before the four pandemic. Four months before the actual pandemic. And a lot of businesses that actually opened their doors just prior, similar to you, they were they had to go under because just people weren't coming out. And especially a place like this where you have to come here to enjoy yourself, right? And socialize, social place, right? <laughs> right. Socialize. It's such a huge blow to you guys. Can you talk a little bit about that? You know, you know what had happened, and you know, yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, that was such a challenging time for all businesses, right? Um, including us. And what I think is a big piece of it is when we opened in November 2019, we opened with sort of like this faith and hope, like, all right, we know we have something good. We don't know what the heck we're doing, <laughs> but we know people need this, families need this, and we're just going to dive in, right? And so we opened with just us and building a team from scratch. And our first day, Newsday came mm. and did a big article on us. Um, and we just got rolling and we were, we were busy from the get-go. It was amazing. It was fantastic. It felt so good, right. right, to know that our communities and people were coming in. And so we, our first, you know, few months, we were very busy. Mm. And then in March, when everyone closed everything down, Oh snap, right? What do we do? Our whole premise is in socialization. How can we not have people coming through our doors? What are we going to do? And so we freaked out for a bit. <laughs> but then Mark and I, as we both are, we just sort of got creative and pivoted. Um, and we talked to lots of people. We made lots of friends in our industry. And everyone just came together and talked about, like, what are you guys doing? What do you, you know, how do we do this? What can we try? 
And so fortunately for us, what, what helped us a lot was that we have all different elements in our space, right? So we had the restaurant. So we were able to be essential in this case. And so we use, you know, uh, ability to sell food and drinks, right, um, to people and do takeout and things like that. However, that kind of got us to, to sort of pivot a little bit and start. That didn't pay the bills because no one knew us as a restaurant because we were just babies at that point, right? We were just four months in. And so what it did, though, was sort of get us to sort of push our limits and say, all right, so then what else can we do? And so, interestingly enough, around that time, when people sort of were figuring out what to do at home, I don't know if you had any um, cocoa bombs in your life? Cocoa bombs? No? no? Oh my goodness, okay. So this was super hot and in um, back in the start of the pandemic because it was just like Christmas time. And so everyone was doing cocoa bombs. Is that where like, you drop it in the milk? Yes! Like the hot you, milk? Yes! And then, yeah, 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 yes! Yeah, I've seen yes. it. Yeah, 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 you've yeah. seen it. It was yeah. everywhere, yeah. Um, but it was just starting to, to sort of like blow up. And so we've never really worked with chocolate, but Mark is amazing in the kitchen. And so he's like, I, I kind of think I can try this. Um, and we started doing like outdoor markets, right, to have people outdoor. And we invited like community and families to come out. And we started selling cocoa bombs. And it was a hit. He did like 50 of them. We sold out in like 20 minutes. Wow. And then we said, hey, you know, we got something going on here. Maybe we should keep trying. Yeah. And so everyone started doing it and so the market just got like too much but what we did was we pivoted again and said all right how can we make us different so we used our cafe and we used um, different items to make us different so we then started doing not just your regular chocolate cocoa bomb right or mocha that everyone was doing we started doing chai matcha right ube, ube um, milo all sorts of different fun flavors that no one else was doing um, and we literally sold like over 5,000 cocoa bombs in like a month. And that paid our rent. Wow. <laughs> wow. And that was able to sustain you guys until... Yeah, like a little bit. A year and a half after the Yeah, lockdown, that... The vaccines came out and then, you know, started opening up again with the mask. So that was able to keep you sustained. Not all that time, but it, it okay. started... It oh, was okay. a jump point for us, for us to say, you know, we should keep going. Because there were many days where we really said maybe we should close yeah. like what, what our, we're 5,000 square feet yeah. so yes. to be able to you know pay the rent and keep up and losing right whatever it was two months of not being able to open like no one was able to open at that right, right? at yeah. that time it was so hard and so it just again a jump start it wasn't yeah. it all but it was definitely very helpful and made us think okay we can keep going we can, we can start there's like this interesting line when I think for everybody I think everybody can relate there's like this interesting line where they go okay you know I'm just gonna give up and then there's something else, like a little birdie. I don't know what it is. Something that kind of, everybody has a little different birdie. They kind of get, keeps you going. And I'm fascinated with that. Like when I, when I talk to people that encounter something like that, that is confronted with these two sides, these two paths, but yet they continue to choose the harder path. You know, what was it about for you guys that kept you guys, we're going to keep this going and not close our doors? Yeah, I think it was a lot of different factors. You know, one of them that I said earlier, which is when we were able to fully open, it was working. Our concept, right, sort of became alive and we knew people wanted it because we saw people and families shared that they loved the concept and wanted to keep coming back. And that was your dream in many ways, right? Yeah. That's what your life calling was to do right, this. And right, exactly. Yeah, to build a community. I mean, that's what it's about. You know, you saw me talking to guests earlier. Yeah. 
you know, we have customers that we've been that be coming for like three years, you know, and I've seen their children grow and then their families meet other families and they become friends and they come here together, right? And then they have parties, which is, well, I guess we'll talk to in a minute. Well, the big thing that we do here is also we do events. Right. And so we call ourselves a family indoor beer garden and event space. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why we do yeah. that is because another way we're disrupting the community yep. is not only having this inclusive space for all, kids and adults, but also having a full service event space where the families can come in and have an amazing Instagram worthy party yep. and not have to do one thing because we do it all yeah. from balloon garlands, from the food to decorating to building custom themes, right? It's so easy. Um, and so that's why we've been booked up with events. Like we're booked for the year already. Yeah. Um, so it's just people come and enjoy our space because we're so different. Yeah. You can have a kid's birthday party here and actually have hot food. <laughs> I don't know, your daughter is how old again? Three and a half. Three and a half, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if you've been to lots of birthday parties yet. My kids are seven and 10 now. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the, I guess, building blocks as to why we wanted to make sure we created a space that yeah. could offer large spaces for families. We have a big family. <laughs> yeah, no, no, like this is, it's legit, you know, like, I'm gonna uh, include the website, of course, and I'll, I'll see if I can include some snapshots on the episode. Yeah, sure. Like, like right here or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> just to like show you guys, you know, just a little bit about, you know, how warm, how clean, how inclusive for all the space truly is. You know, but I, I, I wanted to circle back though to, to that moment in your time where it was like, oh man, this is, because a lot of people go through that, right? But for you, it sounds like, for you and Mark, you know, this was your dream, this was your passion. It worked at one time, and it's just unfortunate that the pandemic kind of paused it. It didn't right. kill the dream. Yeah. It paused the dream. And you held on to that. And you guys had this, you know, pivoted, which, again, a lot of, is consistent with a lot of successful businesses when they encounter a problem. Yeah. Like you pivot, and you try to make other things work if something else isn't working, right? And that, that helped drive you to, to kind of where you are today. Would you say that's like a Yeah, a yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I think you have to be open to change, right, in order to evolve. Yeah. And so I think what you said is right in that we had to pivot and sort of change things around. But it was really the evolution. And in some ways, if we can sort of get a little bit of like something positive that came out of the pandemic is that with our business model, the essence of us never changed. But how we did it, our process definitely evolved and changed. And that actually helped us in the long run because now we were able to figure out how to be able to do more with our resources, right? That we didn't need 30 staff members here, right? You know, at a time to run the restaurant, right? Like maybe we only need five, right? And so all those little right. details change yes. to help our business model and still be able to be here yeah. and, and thrive now, which is amazing. Yeah. And you know, entrepreneurship, it's, it's another beast. But then at the same time, it's so pure because it's like the absolute freedom, yet that freedom is restrictive in a way because it's like there is no set plan versus like a government job. Right. Like a government job is like nine to five. You yeah. Know, like, this is your task and you'll get paid X amount of money for doing the task. Versus like entrepreneurship, it's like the most pure and legit to me form of work because it's like it directly parallels to the entrepreneur that's running the business because you have entrepreneurs that again as I said maybe they weren't able to pivot maybe their business model they weren't able to come up with a new concept to keep afloat but you guys because you pivoted 
because you have that growth success mindset. Again, consistent with all successful business people, right? Uh, you're able to pivot, continue to pivot, and evolve. You know, it, these are like consistent, very, very consistent with all the the famous uh, entrepreneur, business writers out there that you know, consistent. So it's like again, attest to you, attest to you and Mark. You know, I'm super, super happy uh, for that. <laughs> but would you say also, as a follow up to that, would you say you know your background as a clinical psychologist did some of the I mean, I'm not in the industry, so I don't yeah, sure. forgive me if I'm like <laughs> messing up the joint. Would you say like the technique or the strategies that you learn as a clinical psychologist help you and Mark kind of push through the hard times as well? Yeah, I think so. I think that background sort of for myself has like given me a lot of perspective. And so, you know, it's one of the challenges uh, of having a business with your partner is that you talk so much and you're together <laughs> all the time. And so it's hard not to talk about business all the time, right? right? Uh, you know, it's trying to, we, we try to set limits and no, boundaries, my wife, same way. <laughs> but you, you have to, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. Um, but, you know, I think indirectly in so many ways, right? You know, being a psychologist and, you know, building my practice, right? And so, you know, I never talk about this too much, you know, but like, I was an entrepreneur when I built my practice. So I, you know, before I was in private practice, now I'm in private practice for 15 years. Before that, I was working for different hospital systems, different big health systems. I was working for a large university and I was like their outreach director. I did so many different, you know, talks and mentorships and all that. And when I left that nice, safe corporate job, right, you know, it was really hard. You know, you had to sort of like jump ship and sort of put your faith in like, you know, this is what I want, take the risk, right? And when I did that, with obviously lots of help and support from like friends that were in private practice already, but like, again, I also really didn't know what I was doing. I sort of like did it on my own. And then see that business grow and evolve, right? Where I can have other people and psychologists work under me, right? And wow. still be able to, you know, do this full time. And also be at Social Playhouse full time, right? It's, wow. it's amazing, and so I think that experience as well. Wow. You it know, it's a nice foundation for you because, yeah, in a way, Social Playhouse is kind of like your second for me, your, yeah, your, your second baby in a way. Like yeah. your first baby yes. was, you know, uh, 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 entrepreneurship baby meeting, right? Right. Like your yeah. first entrepreneurship baby was your practice in in Manhattan. Right. So, so I wasn't. Obviously, it's very scary as an entrepreneur to to go into course, it, course. you know, full time and start your own business. The second one, right? Second one, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I was I was definitely much more confident, you know. In if you can I say fuck up? <laughs> if you mess up, right? You mess up, and you just keep going and you figure it out. And I also that comes from the psychology perspective, right? In that you grow from failure, right? And if you fail at something, like that's okay. That's how you figure out what the next step is, right? Then you do something else, right? And what I say to my patients all the time is, right, like history repeats itself. If something doesn't work, you don't keep going and doing the same thing, right? You try to pivot, you try to, you know, evolve, you try something different. And yeah. what's great about Social Playhouse is like we're not corporate, right? So we don't have, you know, things that are keeping us from trying new things. Bureaucracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. No red tape here. Right, my red right, tape right. is Mark. <laughs> but what I, oh, he would say the opposite then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I love about, you know, when I have our staff here is the way that we get our, our staff to come in is when we interview, we sort of figure out what they love, 
not only you know their skill sets right but what are they interested what are their hobbies and I try to really ingrain sort of like what they like to do and figure out how we can incorporate that in our business right wow. so people who want to go into like special education always seem to sort of come here um, psychology child life specialists business people all right you like you know social media and you want to become right sort of in marketing all right, come work with me and let's work on Instagram. Like you create the stories, you figure it out because I really want them to grow. They might not stay with us forever, although we actually have lots of growth opportunities, which we'll talk about later yeah, on. Yeah, but sure. like we want them to grow as people, as humans, right? And so wow. that's really important to us. Wow, that's, I'm getting goosebumps, you know, <laughs> because it's like, you know, you're not at a point where you're disconnected with the consumer and, you know, your staff. You're still at an exciting time in your business where it's like your everything that you see here is you and Mark. Right. You know? So that's you know, wow, that's that's a really exciting time and you know, I, I, I hope, you know all your uh, your your future things that you aspire for and you strive for, you know, like you know, I, I and I'm you know, I don't really need hope. I, I'm very, very optimistic and confident that whatever you guys wanna do with that kind of strong mindset, I think you'll definitely, you know, uh, get that. But I gotta ask you, um, you know, did you always want to become a child psychologist? Um, you know, did you like kids? What was it about <laughs> that industry? That you Yeah, know? I've always loved kids. So I knew I wanted to work with kids. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm thinking about my parents. So when I was growing up, the Filipino my, my, parents, Yeah, right? the Filipino like, traditional parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my mom was a nurse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, surprise, surprise, right? <laughs> my dad was an engineer. Medical, right? Oh, okay, there we go. Um, but <laughs> I, I, well, from a young age, my, you know, my family always say, like, I was always strong-headed and right. sort of, like, very studious. Um, and I liked school. I was a nerd. Um, but I always thought I was going to go to med school. So I went to school thinking med school track, right? Um, but then I actually... I went to Hunter College. I wanted to stay close to home. Oh, so did I. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, did we yeah. know that? I don't know. We talked about that. We can yeah. talk more about that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, yeah. at Hunter, someone introduced me to do research. Mm -hmm. And I started like volunteering and doing like research studies. And I fell in love with research. And I was like, wow, I never thought I would like this. Um, but that's where I sort of pivoted. And I was like, you know what? I can still want to work with kids, but let me go into psychology where I can do both. Because, do clinical work and work with kids, but also do research. And so that's sort of like how it sort of morphed into becoming a child psychologist. And my parents were great. They were super supportive. Oh, thank God. Yeah, they were like, what is that? <laughs> what do you mean a psychologist? Because, you know, back home in the Philippines, like you didn't really do much with a psychology degree, really, right? Um, and so when I got my PhD, you know, they were like, okay, you do what you want. I'm, you, you know what you're doing. And so now they totally see it, right? You know, yeah. with my practice and, you know, they're just like, oh, this is great. You know, like I was able to do everything on my own, like not have grants and loans and things like that. Like, and so they're very proud. So that makes me feel good and proud. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause just, I can't imagine, like I'm sure you know, Asian parents, you know, like if you have an unsupportive parent, you know, we might not be here today, right? Like maybe <laughs> right. we wouldn't have social playoffs. Yeah. Maybe you would be following the track that they want you to follow. So like, yeah. you know, thank thank goodness, you know, for some yeah. parents said. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Interesting enough though, yeah. my dad was entrepreneur. Oh. And so I do feel like ah. in some ways there's, I guess, a seed, right? That that's within us that maybe not everyone has it, but like I feel like if you come from a family 
that has some like entrepreneurial like you know factor in it like there's like that vibe right that spirit um, that kind of comes through because Mark's dad he so before the food truck he was an accountant and so but he you know built his own right business you know and was an entrepreneur himself so both our dads were entrepreneurs um, so I think that also gave us sort of like let that fire in us that we could do it too yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I do want to say for our viewers, you know, especially with, you know, the tiger mom parents that, you know, saying don't do it, you know. I mean, there's there's so many things, you know, philosophies out there, you know. Sometimes you just have to take a leap of faith, you know, even if your parents are against it, you know. But sometimes maybe that's more comfortable to you to just, you know, uh, uh, listen to your parents. I mean, that's fine too, you know. But, um, but I wanted to say... Um, uh, talk a little bit about talking a little bit about your experiences working with children. Right? Mm -hmm. Because I used to be a uh, I used to work for CPS uh, as a, uh, ACS working as a CPS worker. Right. So I, I love working with kids as well. Um, and I became a teacher personally. And um, for me, my at least my experience, and I want, I want to pick your brain on this. For me, my experience when I work with kids, I started questioning like why what makes the kid or child behave the way they behave i'm sure probably more so as a psychologist right? yeah sure like digging deep into it right for me at least the conclusion that i drew was kind of like okay let's let's look at the parents right the logical conclusion let's look at the parents let's see what drives them and then the the more macro questions that started arising is hey what's driving you know the parent or the person to behave this way or What's driving? Because it seems like the community. What's driving the community to be right. this way? And then the questions for me just became greater and greater and greater to a point where it's like, you know, how are we, you know, connecting with community? What is the the, the role of community in driving human behavior? And is there anything that I, as I was circling back, is there anything that I personally can do to help the community? And that was my experience with working with children. Yeah. Those are the conclusions that I drew from working with, with children. So right. then it seems like everything that I want to try to do and try for is really how does my role impacting society and the world in a way? Right. I mean, would you say that, you know, what was your experiences like working with children? Would you say that's something like that's similar that kind of set the foundation for you, the importance of building relationships, socializing with the community, Absolutely. helping them, would you, would yeah. you say the same thing? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it kind of reminds me of the, the philosophy of like nature versus nurture, yeah. right? You know, and I, in my experience, I think it's both, right? You sort of have that nature piece where there are certain personality traits that's set, right? Um, and a child will come in with their own personality and things that sort of that they do and we have no control over that. We can do as parents whatever we want to do and have the best tools and give them the best coping, you know, environments, right, as we can, give them everything, right? Um, but there's just certain things, right, that we can't change. Um, with that being said, I think there's so much that, you know, nurturance and parenting can do, right, to sort of build that support system um, and the ability for us to sort of like hear and listen to kids, even that are very young, right? Yeah. So in my practice, I actually specialize in, I don't think you know this, um, in like kids that are like two, three years old, I start very young in my practice, yeah. And so, you know, just 
in playing with kids and keeping it open-ended, right? And allowing them to get dirty. <laughs> Can we say that? Yeah, Lots absolutely. of people have a hard time with that. Um, yeah. And here, that's why I love it. When we do workshops and kids get dirty, I can see the parents kind of like holding yeah. on. That's me, you know, like, oh boy, I gotta wipe <laughs> no, yeah, up. Right, exactly. And yeah. I say, if you can, just try to let go, right? Just let them be. Right, sort of it's the Montessori inspired sort of thing of like right. just letting kids play, let them be kids, right? Which by the way, the play sets here are also Montessori inspired. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely, yeah. And so I think when you're allowing kids to be free to play, to grow, to listen, and that's how kids learn when they're young, they play, they listen, right? They model. Um, and then as you get older, like you're modeling as a parent, right, caregiver, right? Different things for them, right? And so if something happens and they mess, you know, they spill your cup of coffee, right and not reacting like it's like the worst thing in the world that they did right but saying oh mistakes happen as long as you know it's not burning anyone right, right? Right. Um, but mistakes happen and we clean it up and we say all right so next time we're not going to put our cup of coffee right you know kids right arms reach right there are things that we can do as parents right. too it's not just saying hey you'll do that what are the opportunities that we have as parents to do something different right right of and of course um, the kids are, are watching us as well right and kind of you know mimicking you know, right. how we would behave exactly in certain situations yeah so yeah to kind of keep that exactly you know that calm cool demeanor not mm -hmm. like out. <laughs> but it's okay dirty. to freak out sometimes because yeah. we're in survival mode because we're parents. Right. So that's right. okay too. Right. Some things are dangerous. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it's interesting you asked that because when we first first opened um, before the pandemic, one of the things that we did and I trained our staff to do this is we wanted to make sure it was a very positive experience uh, and we wanted a model for parents who had a hard time, right, sort of being able to teach and model their young kids. And so in the play area, we actually had what we call pro play specialists giving out stickers and stamps for kids when they did something nice. Yeah. And so if they picked up a toy or sheared a toy, so we would have people stamp. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, so, but because of COVID, we actually sort of stopped that process. Just we didn't have, want too many people in the play area. But we still do that here. So whenever we see a kid sort of being nice or doing something helpful, like we, our staff will come out and we'll stamp them and give them a sticker Aww. just to reinforce, right? I mean, it, it's so easy. For someone to reinforce such a, a small right positive opportunity right and you know i always that's what i teach my parents when i work with them right positive reinforcement is key that's how kids grow that's how adults learn yeah. right yeah. and i say it's you know uh, you know as is staff right like you want to do well you want to get a bigger chip yeah. yeah and that's how children learn right yeah. so the right. Co concept you know is sort of developmental right like yeah. we all strive from that you know when 100 percent. i think you know what just so i because i totally relate um as a public school teacher at one time you know i think there's a lot of uh, teachers and not just necessarily teacher parents too that uh really lean on the negative reinforcement too much mm -hmm. you know, like you know everything is like it's almost to a point where it's like all right my action will lead to a negative uh energy like disposition you know right versus where it's like oh you know as, just as you said, hey, don't you want to get 100 on your next test? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, positive rewards versus a negative you know, outcome for their actions, right. you know? Um, it, and, and, and I'm sure you know this, like, kids thrive and learn more in a happier, positive environment. Right. <clears throat> like social playhouse, right? <laughs> yeah. But kids do learn more. And, and, and when I was teaching, you know, that's, you know, I, I always focused on that. That was kind of the foundation of what I taught because it was like, when kids are comfortable and happy, it's like they're more likely to learn Pythagorean theorem, you know, <laughs> versus it's like they're scared and it's right. like, you know, you know, or, or had trauma from past where, you know, teacher will embarrass them or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's a whole different way of developing a 
young person. So, um, but uh, I want to say, just uh, uh, come back to this 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 awesome location, um, social playhouse. I gotta ask you, um, would you say that it's luck? Would you say that it's hard work? Would you? What would you say is your secret sauce that kept <laughs> this? doors open. Yeah. Right. You know? I mean, it doesn't have to be one, it could be many things, but I just wanted to you know, get your thoughts on what you think, you know, you know, whether it's like, you know, you know, random luck, I don't know, you know, like, what yeah. would you say? Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah. People, I don't believe in luck so much, because mm -hmm. I feel like things will happen, yeah. and they'll happen, um, and people may not know something has happened unless you actually seize that opportunity, right? I think there are opportunities all over the place, right? It's whether you engage in it and you pick up on it or not. Can I be a nerd right now, no, though? totally be a I'm nerd. I'm a nerd. I'm a nerd, like too. Like I said, I'm a research scientist, right? So, <laughs> I, so I mentor and I teach a lot and I do different workshops. So this is me. Okay. So grow. Grow, yep. <laughs> so how do we grow through opportunities, right? So I feel like the secret sauce, quote unquote, right, is grit right the perseverance like you said so to just keep going no matter what yep. resiliency so if you fail right sort of building it up right and not giving up not shying away from it right, right? you know to be able to learn from those failures or not failures but like those experiences right and figure out okay what are my next steps and then openness is the o so open right. to opportunities open to failure right to make sure that it's okay to fail. Um, I'm in this moment now, actually. Openness to let go. Yeah. And so as we're lo growing our business, that's one thing I'm working on very specifically right now. You know, letting go, meaning for me, like not being here all the time, allowing other people to take certain responsibilities. Um, and as, you know, our company is growing, that's really hard for me. <laughs> but with everybody, you know? Yeah, but I'm, a, I'm an anxious that. person. Yeah. So like, that's very hard for me. <laughs> And so the willingness and openness to let go, we're working on that. Yeah. Um, and then working with others. And I think that's a big piece too, that also I think was a big piece through the pandemic in that working with others has allowed us to build that community. But by building that community, we were able to collaborate all right, and help other people grow, right? And we love to give back here. Well, the, one of the things that we do here are like fundraisers and um, doing different things for um, community groups, right? And schools and things like that. And so that's just what Mark and I love to do. And we're just genuine and authentic, yeah. right? And I think people see through that. And that, great people. Like, oh. a good person. Again, like this is not a random adjective that I'm just throwing out. I mean, if you hear her story, uh, Jen's story, you'll, you can see like where the root of how, she, why she's a good person to come out. You know? Sorry for interrupting. No, no, yeah. no, 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 yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I, you know, I think that's, it's all that, right? It's yep. like, it's not just this, it's, it's the ingredient, all the ingredients together, right? Yep. Yep. And, yep. you know, I think I'm sure, and lots of people talk about like passion, right? And I think, yes, there's like that passion and desire, right? To do something and something that you really care about. Um, but as I've worked with lots of people and talked to people, right, you can have lots of passion, yeah. but if you don't have all these other things and you're not willing to grow, right, um, and work with other people, that's really hard to be successful in this yeah. business world yeah. and, you know, in different industries. Yeah, yeah. So. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for that because <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to put it, you know, here somewhere in, uh, <laughs> in, in the video, but um, 
but yeah, you know, I, it, it sounds again very consistent with highly successful people that you know they pivot. Like, why are they pivoting? How are they pivoting? You know, it's actually a really good good acronym to like remember. You know, grit, resilient, uh, openness, and working with others. Right? Mm -hmm. It's it's a very powerful four letter word. Huh? <laughs> many many four letter words that are good and bad. And yeah. This is a, a very good a very good one. But um, so I, I gotta ask you this too. You know, if you can travel back in time, you know let's say after you graduated college, you know, it, it can be post PhD or pre PhD, whatever you prefer. Yeah. You know, if you can travel back in time right now, either to tell yourself something or change something, you know, would you, and what would it be and why? So that one is a good one. I was thinking about this. Yeah. Um, I'm not really sure. And I think the reason, so I'm, I analyze lots of things. Sure. <laughs> um, I think the reason why I probably have a hard time with this question is because I come from a mindset that we learn from our experiences yeah. and I'm not sure if I change anything in my past, like how that would have changed my path. I'm a strong believer in like, we can get to where we want to get to in different ways, yeah. right? Yeah. Like there's not one path that we can get there, yeah. right? Um, and so, you know, in each moment where I was, let's say, in uh, college, right, when I wasn't like sure about what I wanted to do, like would I have gotten here if I went to med school? I don't know, maybe, right? Instead of like seeing my calling and trying to really see just that pinpoint in families, going back to being the disruptor, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I saw a pain point and I see it, and I saw it through my kids, you know? Yes, I wanted to build a community, but when I had my kids and I keep, kept going to these parties where I was at a bounce house and I was sitting on the side and I had cold pizza, if any, like, I was tired of that. I didn't want to be in a place like that. And all the parents talked about, like, why are we here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? And I kept doing my kids' parties at my house, right? So I love hosting, Mark, and I love to host, which is why we have, obviously, an event space and we have that foundation. Um, but we were tired of sort of, like, hosting all the time, right? And saw that people, there was a need, right? There's a pain point in that parents and millennial parents, right, sort of want to still be out and be adults. Right, and so I don't know how I digress into this. No, but. <laughs> no, no, it's it's no, but you know I gotta say that I asked this question, I, I consistently get a very similar answer to kind of similar to yours, mm -hmm. right? But I but I do like to ask that question because it just uh, reiterate for our viewers that you know it's important to kind of accept you know your past in a way, right? Right. And because I like. Again, it's not the first time I actually heard your answer. Mm -hmm. Very similar, it, different iterations of it, of right. course. But like very similar, like you know, you know, in many ways, if you go back and you change, would I be here where I am now, right? And yeah. it's almost like, you know, maybe it should have been harder, right? Because like, <laughs> if, if it was harder, maybe it could have been, you know, you, you'd be at a higher place right now. Who knows, right? But but I I like to ask that question because of that because there is a consistent. It seems like a consistent answer here. Like a lot of oh, people. Oh, that's good. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people, you know, they have that. You know, why change? First off, like, there's nothing you, can, you can't actually change anyway. Right. right. But like, if you could, you know, it would lead you potentially even down a, a, a lesser path. So who knows, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but Jen, uh, what are you guys up to now? As far as Social Playhouse, as far as, as far as you know. Uh, outlook on the future? So we are doing something super exciting and so we actually are, or I say, we always, I always talk about like we are, but um, we are franchising. 
And so yes. in June, I still feel like we're in June. That's why I'm like getting confused. <laughs> now it's been like a few months now. We decided to grow and scale our business. We were thinking about doing another corporate store, right? But truly what we want to do is build communities. And Mark and I can't do it alone. And so we want other families and, and other people to have opportunities to build their own social playhouse in their own town, their own space, right? And so we're opening up franchises. So whoever is, yeah. you know, open and willing, you know, to want to be a disruptor in their community, yeah. right? To come in and talk to us. Yeah, and I'll definitely, you know, include the link of Social Playhouse into Instagram. If somebody was interested, you know, uh, I'm, I'm assuming they can find that on the website. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Information. Mm -hmm. Again, please come out and support Social Playhouse. It's really one of those places where you have to come and experience it to really like, wow. Like, it's, it's, it's hard to explain at the same time I'll, by seeing the <laughs> website and like showing pictures, you know. You have to really, you know, bring your kid or even if you just want to drop by for some great food. Social Playhouse is where it's at. So, <laughs> but Jen, I don't know how else better uh, to end it than that. Jen, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Uh, Super Sauce for Hamilton Now. I think you're, you've given great jewels for our listeners to marinate on. And yeah, come check out Social Playhouse, guys. <laughs> All right, thanks so much. Yes, thank you. Yeah. is brought to you by Jing's Mortgage Team. Jing's Mortgage Team is a team of real estate mortgage professionals whose mission is to help anyone with their real estate needs. If you're looking to buy a home, sell a home, refinance your home, have credit issues, or in need of an investment loan, we can definitely help you. If you're looking for a real estate agent, we know the best of the best real estate agents. Visit the link below for more information.